0: Hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. This morning I got up early, you know, ahead of pastor and and just had several things on my mind and, several, and, some, and some things that were going through. And I, and I, and I got on, on, you know, I'm a weather junkie, you know, especially when it storms out there. I, you know, I wanna, so I'm on my iPad and I'm looking because the weather channel is not keeping up on the TV. You know, so I go to, my, go to the website and, you know, went over to Facebook. And a minister friend of ours had put something up on Facebook and something about it just resonated with me. And, and it really was help. That's really what it was about, was help. And so we're going to talk about help. Because, you know, there's times we all need help. There's going to be some point in our lives where we're going to need some help. So I just started off with a dictionary today. And I went, well, exactly what is help? So I found several definitions of help. Listen to these. To give or provide what is necessary to accomplish a task or satisfy a need. That's one. Number two, to save or to rescue. Anybody ever need to be saved or rescued? Oh, I have. Uh, number three, to make easier or less difficult. Number four, to, make, to be useful or profitable. And number five, to give aid. I mean, those are some great definitions of help. And in looking at them, you can see varying degrees of help. You know, just to aid. Aid is one thing, to rescue is something else, but it's all help. And so I just decided I'd get my little concordance out and I'd start running some references on every place there was the word help. And so I found some great scriptures. You know, and for the most part, you know, most of what I found in the Old Testament comes out of the book of Psalms. And, you know, it's interesting because David knew what it was to be in trouble you know his life you know had many aspects of trouble in it some of his own making some not and yet in all those circumstances he found a place that he could go to for help that there was a help out there for him and and if you look and you go back and you can correlate some of the some of the the things that were happening in his life with where some of the psalms were written you know you can see that out of out of his out of his trouble, he moved his eyes from the trouble to the answer because he had help. He had help. So go with me. We're gonna read quite a few scriptures in the book of Psalms, so we're just gonna go over there. But go with me to Psalm 146. The problem with putting a lot of scriptures down is sometimes you jump jump around from thing to thing. You don't I wind up not going in the order of what I've gotten written down here, so we'll just see how well this goes. Psalm 146, verse 5, it says, Happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Anybody happy out there? Are you happy you've got God for your help? You know, my help does not depend on me. My help does not depend on you. My help does not depend on any person who's living. My help depends on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's where my help is. Happy. I can be happy. Not sad, not just sad face, not downtrodden, not depressed. But if I understand where my help is, happy am I. Not just a little bit, well, it's okay. No, happy. Yeah. Happy am I. Yes. Psalm 124 verse eight. Hallelujah. It says, "Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help. You know what? This may be an Old Testament scripture, but boy, you can apply New Testament principles to it. You know, we know that the Old Testament is a shadow of the things that were coming and we're not living in the shadows anymore. We're living in the reality of the fact that the name of Jesus is a strong tower. The name of Jesus means everything. The name of Jesus is where it's at. Hallelujah. My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Listen, if he made heaven and earth... He can certainly handle whatever problem you've got, whatever task you've got, whatever issue you've, you've got, whatever circumstance you've got. If he made heaven, he can sur- sure make a way for you. There is, you know, there's a song that's out, and and I and you know, I, I wish I could say it was it was something I could find in scripture, but I mean, the basis of it, the principle of it, is is, in, is definitely in scripture, and it says he's the waymaker. He is the waymaker. You know, I could correlate that to over in Corinthians where it talks about that there's no temptation befallen man, but God will make a way of escape. He is the way maker. You know, it just doesn't matter what's going on. There's a way out. There is a way out. You know, in Deuteronomy 33, 7, you don't have to turn there. The amplified version of it, this was Moses. He was blessing each of the tribes of Israel before his his, uh, death. And he said this to Judah. He said, hear, O Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him to his people. With his hands, he contended for himself. Has anybody ever contended for themselves? I have, many times, way too many times. I've tried to do it on my own. And it says, he contended for himself, but you be a help to him against his enemies. Now, they were literally facing physical enemies. But you know what? You and I have plenty of enemies that want to come our way. You know, there are enemies that come against us in the form of lack, in the form of of, of sickness in the form of despair, in the form of depression, in the form of sleeplessness. You can name all kinds of things. They are our enemies, and we shouldn't try to deal with them totally on our own because you are a sad excuse for the help of God. I'm sorry. You might be good, but you're not that good. Let's take a comparison here. You know, what is our help? Oh, it's about a micro-something or other right here compared to the vastness of what God can and will do. And Moses was saying, God, help him. Help him. You know, there are times when we look around at our brothers and sisters and we, and we see them in trouble. We should be doing the same thing. God, help them. God, help them. You be the help that they need. Be the help that they need. And see, he's always ready to be the help that people need. Just people need to open their eyes. And understand where their help comes from and who their helper is. Hallelujah. In Psalm three, verse two, again, this is David, you know, and he and he's the man who's the who is a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he always came back to God. No matter what the struggle, no matter what the the times he had had taken himself out, maybe of the plan of God, out of the out of the will of God over the just in disobedience to things. You know, he always came back. His heart was so pure before God. When he realized he missed it, or had made a boo-boo, it just I mean, completely fouled up something, he would go straight back to God. And that's why he was a God after man after God's own heart. You know, God's not expecting perfection out of us because he knows it's not possible. But as we just maintain a quiet, a peaceful, a teachable, a humble heart and keep going back to him, you will never lack the help you need. Over there in Psalm, this is what they said, what David said. He said, many are saying from, of me, there is no help for him in God. Listen, there is nobody that we're, you and I are ever going to run across, including ourselves, that are too far gone for God. Many people will look at you and say in a situation you might be facing there is no help. They may not say it in, in that in particularly that way, but they'll look at you and say, "Oh, well that's not going to that's not going to go so well. That's not going to work out. That's that's not going to be good. Oh, bad outcome coming on that one." You know, people say it in a lot of ways. But I'm telling you what, we need to get to the place where we do what David says. You know, in, verse, in Psalm 94, verse 17, this is what David said. He said, unless the Lord had been my help, I would have soon dwelt in the land where is silence. He basically saying, if it hadn't been for God, I would have been dead. My life wouldn't have been no more. The place where there is silence is the grave. But he says, unless the Lord had been my help, See, we just got to keep our perspective right. When we need something, go to the place where the answer is. Go to the one who's got the help. Go to the one who is the help. Hallelujah. Um, Psalm 20, verses 1 through 2. You're not too far away. Hallelujah. just read this to you out of the amplified. It said, the Lord answer you in the day of trouble, the name of the God of Jacob set you up on high and defend you, send you help from the sanctuary and support, refresh and strengthen you. Oh, you know, I'm just so awed sometimes by person like David. Under an old covenant. And yet he could stand there and say, The name of the God of Jacob set you up on high and defend you and send you help from the sanctuary and support, refresh, and strengthen you. Listen, I I, I looked at this and it said, Set you up on high? He has set us up on high. We have been seated in heavenly places. I don't think there's any higher place to go than that. See, David saw it from afar. He, he, he anticipated that the Lord would set you up on high, but he had no idea that God was actually going to take man and seat him at his right hand right alongside Jesus. Because we would be in the Redeemer. We would be in the Savior. We would be part and parcel of the Lord Jesus Himself, the Son of God, that He would set us up in a place where there was nothing that would ever be higher. Had no idea. Had no idea. Could He have imagined such a thing? I don't know. Maybe He's like Abraham, He was looking afar. He saw something down the road that he was not going to be able to experience for himself. But he saw a day. He saw a day was coming when, a, when an ordinary man, an ordinary woman, an ordinary person would find themselves in a place where they were seated far above all the trouble, all the crisis, all the, all the angst of this world and come at it from a place where they were strengthened Refreshed, supported, defended. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 33, verse 20. Hallelujah. Our soul waiteth for the Lord, He is our help and our shield. You look at verses like this and you think, well, that's short, you know, it's just kind of basic. Do you you realize how it might be basic, but it's what we have a foundation on? Our lives are are firmly established on the fact that God is the one who is our help and our shield. That's, I mean, that's, that's a place where we should not be shaken from, not be moved from, not ever question. And yet, you know, just like the children of Israel when they came out of, the, out of Egypt and they came through the promised land and saw all the miracles and all the things that, that God did for them and could still find a place to gripe and to whine, we still do the same thing because we lose sight of the miracle working power that is in the help that we get from God. Because it's there. Psalm 35, verses 1 through 2. Hallelujah. It says, well, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified as well. It says, Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of, of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. You know, there may be situations that you find yourself in in life where it looks like you're contending against people and people are contending against you. Somebody's fighting with you. Listen, this is a good place to expect the help of God. Let him do what needs to be done. It's amazing what can get accomplished Coral, I don't know, it sounds like you had just a, a person kind of issues going on. You know, when you stand back and you wait on God to take care of it, comes out so much better, doesn't it? You know, we, we tend to make some real messes when we try to do it ourselves. You know, I, I, had, an, I had an opportunity just to talk to somebody not too long ago about, you know, have, they, they're having some issues with somebody, and, and they had said some things, and I said, you know, the problem with that is you can always come back and say you're sorry. But those words, once spoken, the enemy tends to come back. When you're angry, you say things that are hurtful because you're wanting to harm somebody. You're wanting to hurt somebody like you, you've you been hurt. And later you'll come back and you'll say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. But what you've done is you've put words out there that the enemy can come back and use against that person. If you say something that's hurtful to them, then that's a weak spot. If you can hurt somebody, then you've found their weak point. And so the enemy is really good about coming in and taking what something you said though you're sorry for and use it against somebody on and on and on and on and on. So let God do the fight. Let like God do the contending. He'll do a much better job, and in the end, you could find yourself with a good ally instead of enemy. You know, there are just somebody once said that your biggest enemy can become your strongest ally. You know, and when you let God take care of situations like that, that's exactly what will happen. No matter, no matter what the situation might be. It might be something on the job. It might be something in families. You know, it's it's amazing how how you know because divorce can be so rampant. You know, in our society, you know they they say I think the divorce rate's something like fifty percent. There are there are some divorces that are amicable. There are some divorces that are just kind of you know we'll never have to see, see each other again. That's fine. And there are some that are really nasty. You know, and and that just shouldn't be. You know, when it's, it's among people who are, who are unbelievers and stuff, I mean, that, you know, kind of goes to the territory. But it, it just, you know, it's not necessary. You know, in any situation where you're dealing with people and relationship problems, let God work on somebody. And the way you let him work on it is you pray for that person. You pray for that situation. You put your feelings aside And get the word out. Maybe you maybe you can't maybe you can't figure out what you want to pray. I mean, you know. So the best thing, the safest thing to do is to pray the word. Don't add anything to it. Just pray the word. Go into Ephesians and Philippians, Colossians, all those places where Paul prayed for people, and get some of those and put that person's name in there. And that way, you're on safe territory. You're on good ground. You, you're standing with God will will, 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 remain, you know, and that way you don't put any personality of your own into it. You know, there, I've heard people pray, with them, Lord, you just get them. Lord, you, I, I, you know, no, 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 Lord, you bless them. How about that? You know, when you pray for blessing for somebody, I'm kind of off on a rabbit trail here. Um, when you pray for blessing for somebody else, you in turn will be blessed. You can't pray that way for other people without it coming back to you. If you're sowing that kind of thing, then you're going to reap that kind of blessing. Do you know that? Sometimes I know it might be it might be kind of tough to to make yourself just. I don't want to pray blessing on them. I don't want to good, good for them. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, take your don't your I don't want us. You know, and say. You may not want to, but you're going to do. You're going to. You're going to pray this. You're going to say this over them. You're going to keep everything else out of your mouth except what the word says. Let God do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see which ones we want to go to. Oh, how about Psalm forty? Now, very few of us have, been, have ever been in our, a place in our lives where somebody's been seeking to kill us and who've been tracking us down. You know, we've been running like, you know, a, a thief, you know, r- running away from somebody just, just to stay out of their, their realm, their sphere of influence. But, but David did, and yet he could always say that God was his help. In Psalm 40 here it says, in verse 17, it says, "Oh, is that right? That's not right. Let me see. 40 verse 17. Yeah. It says, I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. He says it again over in the 70th Psalm. But in Psalm 46 verse 1, go over there. It says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. In the early days of the charismatic moves, I mean, they took the, the book of Psalms and they just we just sang, had choruses, you know. And I remember that God is my refuge and God is my strength. A very present help in trouble. Yeah! You know, sometimes it, it would pay you just to take a verse and sing it. You may not already know a tune to it. Make a tune. Find yourself a verse that just speaks to your heart and sing it. You know, you'll find out. You'll get an anointing on it. But what's interesting here? It says, "It says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's not far away. He's not hard to find. He's present." I went back and looked at this this particular uh, part of this verse. The Amplified says, "Well proved, He is well proved." The, New, the the living Bible says he's a tested help. He's been tested, he's been tried, and he has proven himself faithful time and time and time again. And the, another, the good news Bible says, always ready. He's a very present help in time of trouble. When trouble comes, and it will, good news, I'm sorry, but as long as we live in this world, trouble is going to come our way. It's The option is on our side as to what we do when trouble comes. Do we sit down, like David one time says, we hung our harps on the willow? Just just the imagery of that, I can just I can just see that we hung our harps on the willow, which means I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be glad. I'm just going to sit here in my misery and I'm just going to have myself a good pity party and I'm going to hang my harp on the willow. so I'm not tempted to be joyful at all. Uh-huh. There was a good spot for an amen. Uh, I have to admit, there's been a few times when I've done that. Hung my harp on that willow and I don't want to talk about it. Just, just, just I don't want to talk about it. Nope, nope. I'm just going to sit here Have my own little private pity party? Nope, I don't want to talk about it. See, that's a problem some people have. You can't encourage them. You can be an encourager, but unless the encouragee receives your encouraging, it won't be encouraged. I love people who are encouragers. But there are just times when you run up against somebody who absolutely refuses to be encouraged. I'm reminded of a fellow minister a number of years ago that was having some health issues and they were just going on and on and on and on about how bad it was. And so pastor took the opportunity to to encourage them with what the word says about healing. This is another pastor. He knows what the word says, okay? And he got mad. Well, you just don't understand, Some people just don't want to be encouraged. Yeah, but you you can try. You can do your part. You can put it out there. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Psalm 63, verse 7. Glory to God. It says, because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. The shadow of his wings, a place of protection, a place of safety a place of rest, that's the place I rejoice in. See, God wants us to find, when we find help, we know that he's doing what what needs to be done, and I can rest. I can just sit back and just go, you got it. I don't have to worry about it, God. You've got it. And just thank him. I will rejoice. See, that's what keeps it activated, is our rejoicing. Not this kind of thing that I've heard from people over the years. You know, I just gave it to God. I just, you know, I just, you know, I just, I just just not going to deal with it anymore. I just gave it to God. Well, when they said that, I knew what they said was, it's not my problem. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deal with it. Well, now on one level, that's fine. If you say that, anticipating help, expecting help. And rejoicing in the fact that help is yours instead of just burying my head in the sand. Because a lot of people that's what they're doing, just burying their head in the sand. Just gonna they just gonna go into a place of denial that they have anything to do. You know, I've done everything, I've done everything, I'm not doing anything else. This is it? You know, I can't do it. Well, your rejoicing never ends. That's the part you continue to do in the shadow of your wings. I will rejoice. Hallelujah. Psalm 115 verses 9, 10, and 11 go over there. Three verses and three times it talks about help. Nine, it says, O Israel, trust you in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Number 10, O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You know, God knows that sometimes we have to be told more than once. And here, you know, it came out three times, three times, three times. Have you ever told your kids to go do something one time and they automatically did it? Hopefully, we got our kids to the place where they eventually got to that point. But we all started out having to tell them multiple times. And so so God understands that there are times we have to be told multiple times. That he is our help and our shield. Oh, but let's move over into the New Testament. How about this? How about, um, let's see. Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, it says, For he said, I will never leave you or forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Paul wrote in, in Acts twenty six twenty two it says, Having therefore obtained help from God, I continue unto this day. He would not have continued without help from God. And listen, there are times we find ourselves in places where we will not continue unless we have God's help. But I'm telling you what, there's so much that he's done for us. In John 14, 16, he said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you another comforter. The new King James says, another helper. One just like me. Jesus and his earthly walk with those disciples. He was everything to them. He took care of every problem. He was there when the boat was about to sink. He was there when they needed money for taxes. He was there through anything and everything. And yet he said, I'm going to go away. But don't be don't be alarmed. I'm going to send you another helper, the one just like me. And the difference between him and the other helper that was coming was that though Jesus himself in the physical form could only be in one place at any one time, there was coming a comforter that could be everywhere all the time with anybody and everybody who would trust in him. Because if you just go down a few verses, you know, it's, it talks about, the, in verse 26, that uses that word comforter again. But in the Amplified, it brings it out this way. A counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby. How much more help do you need than any of those? I mean, it kind of covers all the territory here, doesn't it? Romans 8:26 talks about the spirit also helps our infirmities and Hebrews 4:16 says boldly come into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Talked a couple of weeks ago about grace. Listen, your help comes in the form of grace many times. To get you through, to put you over, to give you that added ability, that added whatever it needs you know, to take you to a new level. To sustain you in the middle of what seems like an impossible situation. To literally strengthen your mind, your heart, your body, everything about you. When you come boldly to the throne of grace, you will obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's not a part-time help. He's not a part-timer. You know, you go, you go to get a job and you want to know, is this a full-time or a part-time job? God never said, I'm a part-time helper. He never said the comforter is going to come. He's just going to be there part-time. Because most of us would find that he was off-duty when we needed him. If that was the case. But he's full-time, 24-7, 365 days a year. And on the day that's a leap year, he adds that one too. He is always there because what does it say in 2 Corinthians 2.14? He always, always, always causes us to triumph. Always. And how does he do that? By being our help. By being our help. He gives us so many tools. He's equipped us so well. Our help is so abundant. If we'll just take it and just use it. You know, be aware of it. Take advantage of it. God wants to be taken advantage of. There is nothing you can do that he goes, Okay, that is just way too much now way too much. I mean, you like you have like overdone this. You know, no. no, God's always ready. He's always ready for you to just take advantage of whatever you need. He's there. But listen, I want you to go back to what what David said. And he said, "My help, my help is from the Lord." It's personal. You can look at God and God's ability to help, you can look at it just kind of in a kind of a so, so atmosphere like, well, you know, he, yeah, he, he, he's a help. Listen, you need to be very personal that he is my help. He's my, no matter what it is that's going on, he is my help. He's available anytime I need him, every time I need him, no matter what the need is, he is there with help for me. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so... I want to read Psalm 121, the entire chapter, which is very short. And Katie, if you get that ready, sound and video, please. It says, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that keepeth you will not slumber. Behold, he, he that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade upon your right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. When I read that, it reminded me of what Hebrews twelve two says, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Keep your eyes where they belong. Keep looking at the right thing. Stop looking at the problem and looking, look, start looking to the way maker, the helper, the helper, the helper. The helper. Literally, sometimes we have to make ourselves physically look up. That, that's where my help comes from. And on the inside of you, you know there's a reassurance right there that yes, yes, that's where my help comes from.